What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones, and we are here to kick things off in week three of quarantine. We are getting by one day at a time. We hope you guys are getting by, too, and we hope the podcast is helping you. Uh, We have a little bit more to talk about this week, some updates with what they plan to do with the NFL draft, possibly baseball, pitchers and catchers, possibly reporting May 1st. That is in the works. We have UFC events going live again starting April 18th. Things are cooking again, boys. The world is moving a little bit. Let's kick it off. So the NFL draft, they're figuring out the logistics of this thing. I think we all agreed last week. We don't really care what it is. Have Roger Goodell sitting in his office calling off picks on a live stream. Have guys with cameras. Do anything. Do it over webcams. We don't care. We just need something. I... I mean, it's now you're seeing that maybe the, the people don't want IT guys in their house. I mean, there's more than one reason you wouldn't want an IT guy in your house, and coronavirus <laughs> is probably the least of those. Let's be real. Uh, yeah, I mean, we always knew there was going to be uh, difficulties with this. I, I always appreciated the NFL just being like, nah, we're fucking having the draft. Like, <laughs> I don't care what happens, but we're having the draft one way or another. Uh, and it, it truly is something that, it's one of the few events that can be done 100% virtually if need be. And clearly we're in the if need be scenario. Uh, so I like that they're, you know, obviously we want something. It's 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 some form of sports. The NFL drafts one of my personal favorites, even in a normal year. Uh, so I'm happy we're getting it. But I-, I talked about it today a little bit on the, with you guys in text. Like at some point teams need to like shut the fuck up. We know this is not an ideal situation. Everyone's got to deal with the bullshit. We don't need to hear about, uh, you want, they want to have the draft, but they don't want to do it virtually. They don't want to go somewhere, but they don't want people in their house. Like, if it's one dude on a fucking payphone calling in the pick, that's how it's got to be. Like, at some point, teams just got to shut the fuck up and figure it out and stop getting, you know, all weird about what's, what's going on. I get you don't want someone in your house, like, I get that's going on, but you shouldn't, the NFL has done a whole bunch to cater to these teams and to cater to the fans to try and make this happen. At some point, the teams have to take some responsibility and just figure it the fuck out themselves and figure out how they're going to get a, a text message into Roger Goodell to tell them who they're picking. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, like you said, it's not, I mean, it's, it's a terrible situation. Um, really tough times for a lot of people. It's like you're failing to see the bigger picture in all this. Um, I mean, people are losing their lives. People are losing parents, grandparents, whatever, you know, tons of people. I know someone affected by this. Um, and, you know, what's going to talk about the baseball potential return a little later, too. Like none of this is ideal. There's there's, you know, what do you want to call it? Flaws or holes or non ideal situations about all of it. But you just need to really get through it. Teams are worried about people trying to, um, you know, what is it? I can't think of the word. In, in, um, I can't think of the word. Hack each other. You hack each other. I guarantee you no one's trying to hack this right now. In this situation, it'd be a really fucking sad day in human in humankind um, if, if where people are if we're, we have to resort to this uh, tech, you know, through Zoom and, or whatever they're doing to communicate and other teams are hacking through each other. I don't even think I don't even think the Patriots of Bill Belichick would do that. Yeah, and we, fuck off. And if that? it's that much of a problem, <laughs> you you give you hand out one BlackBerry to every single team's GM, and you say you want your pick to come in. Call us on this phone, or it doesn't happen. These phones can't yeah. be hacked. It's got one number. It's never been used. We have all thirty-two numbers. Phone call comes in from this number. You say a name. That's who your fucking guy is. Yep. Yeah. No. Like there's there's so many ways to get like get around this. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, this is great. This is great news that this is going to go on. I mean, I, I mean, you know, what is it? The 23rd to the 25th of April. We're about a few and a half weeks, two and a half, three, a few only and two a weeks half. away. Only two <laughs> weeks away. 
um, two weeks away tomorrow. Yeah, so you know I'm pumped for it. It's gonna be it's gonna be some real excitement. There's no better reality television than um, the NBA and the NFL draft. I obviously much higher in the NFL draft being it's you know seven rounds as opposed to two. And MLB draft isn't really anything because you don't see those guys for years. Um, pay dividends for your team, but NFL draft is nothing like it. Um, there may be less trading of picks, possibly, but you know that could be one potential downfall. But um, you know, I'm just really excited for it. Do we have any other draft news? I guess. I guess. I mean, Tua went on the herd the other day. That was. I, I listened to that. That was pretty good. So uh, Colin Coward is so high on. Um, he thinks he's like the next Drew Brees. I'm not that high on Tua, but too injury prone. I mean, yeah, I mean, he in had both his high school, high school and college, he had yeah. serious injuries. Like, I mean, because what was it? He at seems Al- like it a, was- he seems like a good guy. He seems like you know. I I think we can all agree if he plays, he's going to be really good. Like, if he can play, I think he's like going to be a top twelve quarterback. You know, not his first year, but I think he'll be a top twelve. You know, eight to twelve quarterback. You know. He's very talented. He can run. He looks to throw downfield, mobile. I think there's similarities between him and Burrow, honestly. They're both very mobile guys that look to throw before they run. Um, they, they, they remind me of Aaron Rodgers when they throw on the run. More, more specifically, Burrow. I think he's a little more better at it, but um, both very extremely accurate passers. I don't know. remember having two just lethal weapons accuracy-wise coming out as the one and two guys. I'm pretty sure I Tua mean, statistically is the most accurate quarterback in college football history. I think, yeah. If, if he isn't, he's like very close. Some, Colin asked him, he was like, when do you, um, like, when did you realize, like, how accurate you were as a passer? Like, when did it come to you or whatever? He goes, he goes, fourth grade. <laughs> he goes, I think it was fourth grade. He goes, <laughs> he goes I, I knew I, I, I threw a really accurate ball. You, you know, you're, you're, you're expecting him to say senior year high school, first year college. Fourth grade, he goes. Yeah, I've been tra- been being trained all year round by my dad, um, coaches, and my dad. So I think he's ready as long as he can play. He's always going to say he's healthy. We don't know to the degree that he's how healthy he is, but um, it's just one of those we're, like we're, shitty situations because you look back on like if he just comes in and he can't stay healthy and he has another major injury and it's essentially setting a franchise back two years because you don't assume he's going to be able to play next year. Definitely not the full season, but you know, I think best case scenario is he's ready for part of the season next year. So if he can't stay healthy, you're set talking about setting a franchise back two, three years. And then it's, you get into the conversation of like, Oh, well, like you should have seen this coming guy. Couldn't stay healthy in college. It's just like a shitty situation that it could turn out so bad for, because if you don't pick him and then he turns out to be great, you're like the asshole who yeah. didn't pick him because, oh, he, he had that. Mahomes yeah. again, baby. Yeah, now, if exactly. You're, if you're the Bengals, do you, the Dolphins want him bad. Now, do you, um, I guess, do you think they'd get all three first rounders from the, uh, like, would, would it be two of them or three, all three of them or two of them in a third rounder? I think if you they give, they give you all three first rounders, you have to take that deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's but I don't. Trainer. I don't think the Dolphins would offer that. You know, I, I, mean, I think Bengals if the Bengals have so many holes on their roster, I mean that that the, the Dolphins, on the other hand, they have they filled a lot of holes. They filled corner. They filled um, you know they got filled running back. They filled um, linebacker with Van Noy. They had they're a gonna, lot of nice pieces. They're going to draft a running back. They'll draft a running back in the second round. Who the uh, Dolphins? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that figured with Jordan, I mean, I'm not a Jordan Howard guy, but I mean, Jordan Howard better is than, better immense, than Kenyon Drake. He is, uh, well, Kenyon Drake hasn't been there in a while. Kenyon Drake was, 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 wasn't Drake on the Dolphins there. still last year? Kenyon Drake is on the Cardinals. Yeah, but he's, he's been oh, balling right, on the right, Cardinals. Yeah. People are super yeah, high on Drake. Card, but Kalen Balazs was their guy, and he's probably the worst oh, running back right, in the NFL. Balazs. Yeah, he's terrible. He's absolutely Didn't, terrible. It was I, yards I, per carry was like 1.8 or something, right? Yeah, I think he, he's like the Nathan Peterman of, of running backs. Like, he literally, yeah, I think it was like below two. I think he had the lowest yards per carry ever for over 100 carries in a season. Yeah, it was, it there was, was some stat like that. It was uh, uh, terrible. Like, I remember in, in, in um, like, what was it, in in uh, fantasy, people were, like, picking him up and putting waivers in. I'm like, I'm good on Kalen Balazs. Um, let's see, what, let's see what, what the numbers specifically say. I mean, he never... It was Patrick Patrick Laird stepped in and had a couple of nice games. Yeah, 1.8 yards per carry. Yeah, 74 rushes, 135 yards. Patrick Laird, yeah, he did he did 
he was more than serviceable. I mean, you know, you don't really want him to be a one or two. You're more likely to be a three. He's a good pass catcher. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. But, um, yeah, they, they, they very may well get, you know, whether it's a Taylor or, you know, a Swift at the end of the, you know, the first round. Who know you know, who knows what there's other good backs, too. Who's the other, the uh, other one? Swift, Taylor, and Dobbins are the top three. Dobbins, yeah. I don't like the guy on LSU. Edwards, I don't like Edwards him. Hilaire. No, I'm not a big fan of him either. I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll pan out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're the Bengals, I would, I would want to get more picks, even if it means passing on on Burrow, because um, they have, they really, I mean, they cut Drake Kirkpatrick this off season. They really, they're, they're just hurting across the board. They're trying to, they got to strip it completely down. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're, but the, the thing about the Bengals is like they have somewhat solid skill position players for a team they're they have they have more talent than almost all number one pick teams have number one pick teams don't have a joe mixon or an aj green obviously major yeah, they, they injury concerns talent. i mean these are pieces that have you know performed really really well and made bit you know had some good playoff games to them as well yeah so the, you, know, the, like, yeah, go, you, you don't walk into a team with a better talented, um, you know, the worst team in the NFL with a better duo as those two, running back and wide receiver. AJ Green, I don't know what he is now, but um, he's definitely a top 15 receiver if he's healthy, I would think. Yeah. And, and Mixon's, you know, Mixon really started slow, you know, and then and then once Tommy Bunce traded him, he just went off. He, he did come on at the end of the year. Uh, he, no, he ended up with good numbers. Like, like he was so bad for a while. Like, it was like so bad. I drafted him. He was my running back. He was my first pick. I was like, oh, on the Bengals too. Especially, he's gonna have a great season. I was like, he's gonna be the main part of their offense. And then he just, he just couldn't do shit. I trade him, and then all of a sudden he starts going off. But who did I get? Who did I trade him for? I ended up whoever I traded for worked out me. for me. Yeah, who did I get? Aaron Jones. You got Aaron Jones, but I I got Kittle. Right, right. Oh, that's right. I did give up Kittle. But I had Hooper, who ended up being the number one fantasy tight end, or number two fantasy tight end. So it was like it kind of worked out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I got Aaron Jones. Definitely worked out for me. Speaking of that, I got to order that trophy still. Oh, shit. I I got to order that trophy. I I, I definitely have a few good ones. I... uh, a few good ones. I definitely. I just want one with a plaque where you can add the plaque each year. Yeah. To it, and just, name. you know, and at least get like seven or eight years minimum out of it. Maybe just get a one, like one of the ones that just has like four solid plates, and we could just get the name like written every year, so it doesn't take up as much space. What do you, what do you, you mean? Know what I'm saying? Like instead of doing like individual plaques on the side, just get like oh, just... one big metal piece, and then we could just engrave the names every year as opposed oh, to maybe. like... maybe, yeah, because I was interested. I'm like, how does that work out? If you got to like send the trophy back and forth every year to like get the get the thing added, or you, or they just send you the plates? Yeah, I think you... Or you could just take it to a place that engraves stuff or, you know, add yeah. stuff. It's, yeah, I think yeah, it's... I'll... I'll... I'll take, we'll, I'll take we'll a look. Definitely have, some, definitely have some time on my hands before the uh, start of the, you know, fantasy football season. But um, yeah, I just I would, read this thing in, in regards so. to the draft. I read the Raiders, uh, there's a good possibility they're taking Jordan Love with their uh, 19th pick. Ooh. I mean, I think that's... I think that's a super sexy pick for them. I mean, it's a little, maybe it's a little early for Love, but I really like that. You figure... I saw. I also. I saw a stat. Derek Carr every year had has his receivers have been top five in drops. So I mean that's clearly the, you know they haven't had elite receivers. So I'm not a Derek Carr guy, but he he he's serviceable. He gets you. You know he's not a franchise quarterback in my opinion, but he's shown glimpses. But I don't. You know with the amount of money he gets paid, it's not a great deal for them. I think they want to move on from him when they can get off of that contract. I think it's after next year. So. If you draft Love, he can learn against Carr. Carr's not going to be a dick to him. Carr will help him out. Carr's a good guy. Um, you know, so you can have Love possibly next year. And then at their, what do they pick, third, 12th? 12 and 19 in the first 12 round. 12 and 19th. That means you're you can, you're going to get Judy, Ruggs, or, um, yeah, Judy or Ruggs, or, or C.D. Lamb paired with, with Jordan Love. And then you obviously have, you know, Darren Waller's a stud tight end if he can keep that up. You have, obviously, the running back, Josh Jacobs. That's a fucking dynamic offense. I think Gruden is is really, like, that's his vision right now. He's he's licking the shops right now. That would be absolutely ridiculous. For and all the... 
for all the deals the Raiders have made, they only have seven. They have seven picks, but no second rounders. So they pick at nineteen. Their next pick is eighty. Damn. They also have eighty-one. So they pick twelve. <laughs> they pick twelve, nineteen, eighty, and then eighty-one. I'd take that. That's not terrible. And then 91. Uh, so they have three third-rounders, a fourth-rounder, and a fifth-rounder, no second, sixth, or seventh. I'm, I'll take that. That's not Ooh. bad. I mean, I'm sure they have these guys that are zeroing in on in that third round. But, I mean, you know, we really sh- ripped them apart with the Khalil Mack trade, but we, we often overreact to trades. And, you know, I'm not saying it was the best trade in the world, but, you know, look at where the Bears are right now and look where the Raiders are possibly trending. Um, it looks like it's, you know, all things considered – it's going to work out. You know, they, they weren't going to pay him regard. They weren't paying Khalil Mack. You can you can argue about that, whether they should have or shouldn't have paid a defensive end $20 million or whatever. But they weren't going to. Yeah. They weren't going to. They got something out of it, um, you know. I thought they, they got a pretty it. fair deal at the time. I, I thought they did, too. And and they drafted, what, it was Colin Farrell and uh, Josh Jacobs and... Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I thought they got it. The, the fact of the matter was also... Uh, Mac wasn't on the timeline of this team. Gruden coming once Gruden came in, he, he knew. You're right. He was he was ten years there. He knew he was coming in, tearing it down, and building it the way he wanted to build it for the next decade, win or lose. You know, he was going to do it his way. He didn't. You know, he, Mac isn't. You know, Mac maybe ha- who knows how many years he has left. But yeah, he wanted to break it down. You know, smart contracts. There's nothing that kills you more in NFL and NBA than, than terrible contracts. Yeah, and that could have potentially been that for them you know you know we see how good max been but um i don't even know how many sacks he had last year it was definitely down from you know definitely previous, down yeah definitely down but but still you know the the bears right now they're in the bears are in a great situation so if if i'm them i'm taking judy you're taking judy you pair him with jacobs and then you have love and then you have waller that is that is just disgusting yeah. I mean, oh yeah. And then they still year, have they still have Tyrell Williams. I don't know if they'd have him next year. I think they might, but he's a good two. And um, I'm excited for the Raiders after had, hearing that. He only had eight and a half sacks last year, down from twelve yeah, and a half. So before. how many games did he play last year? He missed a couple games, he, didn't he? he what he played? Play let's see. Um, that could have been it. He played. Um, no, he played sixteen games last year. Wow. Oh wow. Played so that's, played four. Played 14 in 2018, and he had 12 and a half sacks. Played 16 and had eight and a half this year. Jeez. And what was it? How many did he have the year before? Uh, two years ago. What was it like? Ten and a half, and then 11, and then 15 back in 2015. So he really he, hasn't lived up to that, um, you know, that insane year. He's been a, you know, he's been consistent around that year, but he's not, you know, he's not having 19, 20 sack seasons like some of these guys and. Um, like Shaq Barrett had like twenty something sacks. I'm sure. Like it's so hard for you to replicate fifteen, sixteen, you know, twelve plus sacks even in years. Like a like a Dwight Freeney or um, you know, someone a Strahan of that caliber. It's so hard to do that. Like even someone like Von Miller. Here. Like Von Miller's taking a decline. Yeah, I mean, and he's still on pace to be one of the top two or three pass rushers of all time. Yeah, sack wise, like he's still going to be as he has a nice long career. Um. You know, you're going to get double teams, triple teams. Other guys are going to get sacks. Like, you see other, oh, no, some no-name. Oh, he had seven sacks, but, you know, that's because he wasn't getting double and triple teamed. He's obviously not the same pass rusher, but I just think it's interesting. We often overreact to um, to trades as they happen. And, and you know, the DeAndre Hopkins thing, um, well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. That's going uh, to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough. It is going to be yeah. tough, but... but <laughs> Lose your top card. The one fair point, I know Dave will agree, I'm sure Tom will agree as well with O'Brien, is that um, he said, you know, I'm sure he could have gotten more. The trade wasn't great, but he said he wanted a raise and he had three years left on his deal. That's the thing that annoys us with receivers. Like, they don't play up to their contract. None of these guys do. Yeah. They don't, you know, that's that's just one pet peeve we have. It's just like, you know, the, if, if the, when the roles are reversed, you can't, you know, cut ties and, you know, just say, oh, we're going to throw this contract away. You can't do that. But, you know, the player, it's, you know, we're a player-centric, um, you know, era in sports where, you know, they want all the control. And you can just ask for a raise and sit out or whatever or, you know, you know, you know, you know, be a four-year-old in the sandbox and kick the sand around, you know. You're, uh, you know, he granted he was underpaid, but, you he know. Was de- so yeah, definitely that. underpaid, but, you know. 
There's an Fuck so you. there's an angle. There's an angle to it. Maybe David Johnson re- revitalized his career. I I don't think I'll be targeting David Johnson personally. I think he may be washed. We'll see. How David Johnson plays could be a huge factor into this. If he's if he's a top five running back next year, this trade won't look as bad as the as, as bad as poor as it as it does right now. Oh, of course not. And I think you know, it's, I, it's, I don't see that. I, I think him potentially being a bust or more of a receiving back. I haven't seen much explosion from David Johnson. You know, but even if David Johnson comes out and let's let's just for the sake of the conversation say he has a year similar to his best year two years ago. Yeah, like 1,100 yards, like, what was it, like, like you 90, know. some ridiculous amount of catches. Yeah, let's call it Let's call it a similar year to that year. It's not so much about is the trade now all of a sudden worth it or more even. Like, sure, yeah, it is. At least it's more even. But it's about the perception at the time. Like, it doesn't matter what David Johnson came into. Everyone and his mother thought that David Johnson is to some level washed and be past his prime. So what do we, you know, like... No matter what he turns out to be, at the time yeah. of the trade, you got a bad deal flat out. It's a, yeah, that's an objective I, I statement. They've been, they've been they've been searching for a running back for so long, and you know, Carlos Hyde, he was serviceable. Um, he was. You know, he's nothing sexy, but he was serviceable. They had Lamar Miller. He was everyone was so over Lamar Miller. Is he still on the team? No, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah, he's going to be free for a while, I think. Yeah, he, he's, not getting, um, he's not getting locked he's up anytime be, soon. He's going to be freer than Free Willy. I mean, I, I mean, Lamar Miller was like three yards in a cloud of dust. He's like a Jordan Howard type player. Like, like he had that one sick year with the Dolphins. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, so I think they looked at it as they really had a need at running back, and they've I think they made two or three trades last uh, last summer. They traded for who? They traded for, Tunsil. like I said, I. No, no, running back wise, I think they they traded oh, for oh. running backs. It was, it was uh, Duke Johnson, um, Duke Johnson, yep. Hyde, and then there was some. And Duke Johnson isn't, you know, he played well when he got the ball, um, but he's just not. He's never going to take the load. So I figured, you know, they said we do have a great receiving core. We have Fuller, who can has the talent to be a one, but has injured is has a lot of injuries, and then Stills can be a two. Stills is very talented, but so I think like you know in the perfect perfect situation you know like i could see where he's coming from but with that said you know i still think he could, they could have gotten a lot more yeah agreed uh but, yeah th- it was similar to mac they weren't going to pay him uh what he what he wanted to be paid yeah. despite probably deserving it uh deandre like i get him he was he was making like 12 million got guys like yeah. julio making 20 plus million like deandre's he's just a better receiver than him i don't know how to he's just yeah. he just is uh, or such. I mean, people that you know, yards are great, and, and you know, Julio Jones will be top two or three probably all time in receiving yards. I'm sure he will be. Um, but and like right now, I forgot where he is in, in uh, receiving yards. Maybe he's like 18th to 20th, but and then touchdowns, he's like 56th all time. <laughs> touchdowns, literally. I mean, it's how you score points: field goals, Scores touchdowns. Like, like that's 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 more of an impact. And I think it's more impactful if you're a receiver than a running back. Because a running back, you could just be getting at the one-yard line and, you know, be getting, you know, the Devlin fullback, you know, touchdown vultures. Oh, that's how Aaron Jones led the league last year. He's getting the ball inside the three every time. Yeah, yeah I'm selling But, I mean, Aaron. he also had, like, a 200-yard game in there. Oh, absolutely. But his— He his, had games where you would have, like, 40 yards and two or three yeah, touchdowns. his yardage yeah. lined up with someone who should have had eight to ten touchdowns, yeah, not, I'm not selling, 19. I love Aaron Jones. I know Dave does. I'm selling Aaron Jones in fantasy, though. I'm not taking him in the first round. Uh, yeah, same. I'm not big on Aaron Jones this year. I do. I like him. That touchdown. It's like Mike Williams. I took a chance on Mike Williams this year and got burned. He, you know, like like the touchdowns regressed ridiculously. I think he finished with two or one from like 10, which I know I would have expected that regression, but there's going to be regression from Aaron Jones from a a touchdown standpoint for maybe what 13 or I think he had maybe 15 or 16 with the receiving, maybe to like eight or nine, probably regressed to, um, yeah, he's you know, a so. he's a mid to low running back too for me this year. Really? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I mean your point is what's his name was out a while. They they love what's his name the other running back. Um, Will, uh, Williams something Jerome Jordan Jamal. Jamal. They love Jamal Williams, and he but he uh, missed yeah. like three or four games, and they kind of watched his workload because he had that really bad neck neck injury. But they really like to play him a lot, and especially in pass receiving downs and. And I think they kind of like a a sixty forty sixty five thirty five split in a perfect world for 
Yeah, you know, I just don't like. Yeah. I don't. I just don't think Jones is going to get the opportunities to be a top fifteen running back next year. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think. I mean, I I kind of think that's the range he'll be in. Maybe like thirteen to sixteen, seventeen. I but, think he'll be in the. I don't think he'll fall out of the first round. I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I don't I'm saying. I think his ADP is like eleventh right now. No, his ADP is definitely going to be up there. I just think that I'm saying that's where I think he's going to finish in that range, ranking wise. Oh, oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, and um. I think, yeah, I think, but someone's going to be someone, I think someone, I think it go top 10 in certain drafts, you know what yeah, I mean? I think uh, someone's going to see it, see the numbers from last year and say, you know, oh yeah, dude, this guy's a stud that doesn't. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you give me yeah. Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones next year, I'm taking Mixon without even thinking about it. Yes. Yes. Very high on Joe Mixon next year. Give me all of Joe Mixon next year. I mean, you look at his numbers at the end of the year, he had over a thousand yards. Like I forgot that like, and, uh, had a I, bunch of catches. I love these top three running backs too. Depending on the situation, if they get into a situation where they're going to get significant carries, all three of those top guys, Swift, uh, Dobbins, and Taylor, all can have carried uh, full workloads before. They've all been the yeah. guy. They all can catch balls out of the backfield. They're All three of them are do-it-all running backs. They have the yeah. potential to be... Swift might be a little undersized to be a full-time three-down guy, but Taylor and Dobbins, they can carry a load for a decade. That's that's I, their I bread and butter. I absolutely love Dobbins and Taylor as runners. Yeah, Dob- if they get Dobbins into a good like- situation, one of them goes to Miami and Jordan mm-hmm. Howard's playing the clear second fiddle. I love that as a, in fantasy for them. You know, if they get into the right situation, give me that all day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jordan Taylor has been a stud every year. Granted, he has that line with uh, Wisconsin, but every. You know, every every year he he posts like near two thousand yards, if not eclipsing it. Um, yeah, he's had a, a ridiculous career, and he ran a four three nine. He had the best combine of any of them. Yeah, where is Aaron Jones? I'm looking at the average draft position. I don't. He's what? He's like in the twenties. That can't be right. sense. I mean, you got to figure there's four or five receivers going before <laughs> him too. Oh well, get this. If you want to laugh, this yeah. is by uh, Fantasy Pros. They have um, Todd Gurley going eleventh overall. <laughs> really yikes oh my god that's, even that's... in atlanta that's not even i mean oh well they don't have freeman right is that no that's freeman. based on adp though yes i mean that is what yeah. fantasy pros they they merge the four biggest like if that's what they're wait, saying wait wait, wait wait no that may have been their rankings it says no it says it says adp yeah but I'm gonna look, I'm clicking on ESPN. What ESPN says? ESPN has Aaron Jones as 13th. That that makes more sense where I thought he would be. ESPN has McCaffrey, 13th, 13th pick or 13th, 13th running back. 13th pick overall. That's where I thought he would be going. Cook, Zeke, Kamara, Hopkins, Lamar eighth, Adams, which is hilarious. Adams nine, Henry ten, Julio eleven, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones thirteen, Godwin fourteen. God, Wait, that's too early for Godwin. They have they have Lamar Jackson going. In, as the eighth. Eighth, eighth overall pick, yeah. <laughs> someone will do it. You know, I know, will do I it. know, I know. Someone's gonna do it every year. You get burned if you take the number one quarterback from the year previously. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes at fifteen. I'm not taking Patrick Mahomes at fifteen. I saw some stat. I think it was like, it was like the last fifteen years or the last twenty years. The when taking the number one quarterback from the previous year in fantasy, only one or two have finished in the top five, and the highest yes. ever ever finished was Drew Brees at two, I believe. The following year, he was yes, I think it was That's, that. I've seen that as well. I'll tell you, I, I like Eckler at twentieth overall. I don't hate that. I do too. But they did come out and say that, that it's going to be a real fifty-fifty share with him and Jackson. Really. And then Kenyon Drake at 22. I think Kenyon Drake will have a tremendous year. I do too. I think Kenyon Drake could be this year's like uh, Dalvin Cook. I think he could be a top five mm-hmm. running back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would that'd be with, with Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, Le'Veon Bell is down at 35. I kind of like that too with, with, you know, how these Jets are saying they use them more. And, and the Jets, if they draft the tackle with that first pick, they're going to have a revamped line. 35, for my opinion, is too late for Bell. I agree. That's that's you know, end I mean, of the he was third. the top seven pick last year. That's I mean, that's late third round. 
Yeah, that's that's literally like the beginning of the first, like 37th pick would be the first pick in the fourth round. I mean, that's shocking to me because he's a true every down back, and at least from the sense... The Jets' offense will be better. They'll they'll have a receiver. They've had Perriman. They have the whole... The, the line is the... And then, you know, I'm assuming I'm going to knock on wood that Sam Donald won't miss four games from Mono. <laughs> I, I Probably think a safe bet, although, you know, might miss four games for Corona. Yeah. Oh. Who knows? I never know. Cooper Cup forty one. I love it. I love Cooper Cup at forty one. He fell down. He fell off a little bit at the end. Singletary at fifty. I absolutely love. Devin Miles Singletary thirty two. Miles Sanders thirty two. I know I'm just ranting, but Miles Sanders at thirty two. Absolutely. I think Miles Sanders is a must have next year. Same. I was a year early on the Miles Sanders hype. I think he's going to be a monster next I year. I saw him on your bench. I saw him be starting a little, and then he was on your bench, and he was like seven eight. Nine points. He couldn't because he'd go. He'd go. He'd like have a, sh- a sign. He had like you know fourteen or fifteen one week, and then he'd come back with six, and then I'd have to bench him, and he'd come back with twelve. He was so fickle yeah, last was year. The worst. And then, and then you know, at the playoffs he went off, but Jones didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, no one, uh, no fantasy teams make the uh, the pl- during the playoffs. Oh, you're saying like the the fantasy? Playoffs. No, I'm saying I'm saying the weeks that he did really really well. Yeah, was yeah, like yeah. the last couple weeks of the season. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the NFL playoffs. No, no, but yeah. I'm I'm already pumped for fantasy. Honestly, I am pumped for fantasy football. I know it's so early, but like the draft reinvigorates it. It really, it really does. does. It it brings you back. Like the thing is, like there's no losers in the draft. I forgot who said this, but there's no like you get you're adding players. You're not losing players to your team. You're you're adding talent. You're Even excited. if it's bad, like you're adding some sort of talent, like you added guys in the in the free agency, you know you're hopeful. Like I'm hopeful the Jets, you know, hopeful they go eight, win eight or nine games. We'll probably win five, but it's also yeah. like nice that it's kind of like the culmination. Whereas like the other drafts in the NBA draft, they take place before free agency. The NFL draft yeah. is after free agency, so it's kind of you see everything your team did in free agency and like yeah. what they addressed, and now the draft is kind of like this celebration of the off-season plan truly, like, coming together. And yeah. it's just a cool thing as a fan. You're right. There's no losers because no one is really, like, walking out of the draft like, fuck, like, no one we got is going to help us. We just got the worst guys. Like, it's such a crap. Yeah. It's such a yeah, crap like, you shoot. You pick anyone. Like, as long as, yeah. you know, obviously, like, you, like, you, like, everyone has a few people, worst-case scenario, who you're going to take in certain situations. No, and one of my favorite things is, I, I, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but, like, just that, that Saturday, just sitting down for rounds four through seven for, like, you know, 14 hours that it's on and just watching. <laughs> I don't even know 90% of the people, but, like, yeah, you know, the, yeah, like, the Giants pick a guy in the fifth round, like, and I'm yeah, like, like... everyone. It's like, no one knows these guys. It's like, oh, yeah, and there's that one guy, like, yeah, he's a great pick. Great pick, dude. Like, I, I saw him play, like... Three quarters, and he tore up Mississippi State, and it's like shut up. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm yeah. so I'm uh, guilty. Like other, than, other than some running backs and some you know quarterbacks that are going, like we don't know any of these players. Maybe I, a kicker. <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. Like I'll be sitting on the couch, and they'll you know they'll we'll draft some DN from you know Eastern Tennessee. And I'm like, they show the the highlights of the four sacks he's had in three years, and I'm like, dude. You see that yeah. guy rush the quarterback? Like he looks good. Mel Kiper said, "Good pick." Yeah, I didn't know him before, but I'm about to know him. Yeah, you're like, oh, wait till he gets on that front yeah. four. Watch out! And then, like, and then, four years later, he's got six tackles in five years or four he's years. Just retired. <laughs> yeah. Get this. A last maybe like fantasy thing to wrap this up. Will Fuller's thirty sixth, right? Thirty sixth right now. It's because Hopkins led the league in target share and. No, I'm saying four receivers. Oh, wait, what? What? Yeah. Okay, well, that's crazy. That's some value to be had. I mean, it's just like a a steal. He was averaging almost seven targets a game last year on the opposite side of DeAndre Hopkins, who led the league in target share. It's because he's always hurt. But yeah, if he's healthy, he's going to be top 12, top 15, easy. Yeah. But. Um, Yeah, but we will obviously talk way more fantasy in the future and uh one of our next couple episodes undetermined yet will be our draft special where we're going to go through and you know mock up the the early picks like we normally do but uh what do you guys think about baseball possibly starting in may they're saying may 1st might be a possibility 
that pitchers and catchers report. They've been doing some uh, work with like the um, like you know health officials, and they think that they can make this happen and just play games in spring training facilities with no crowds. I mean, what do what do we think? I'm a, I'm just like in the spot of uh, great. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but yeah, j- sure. Like let's let's do it. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, know how it's going to happen, but like, um, I'm down. They're not going to be – as far as, like, the distancing goes, uh, aside from a couple circumstances in the game, you're never going to really be next to someone. They're you know, talking the about – base, holding runners on at first, and then at the plate. Yeah. yeah they're talking about, like, uh, keeping them in quarantine in Arizona. Like, stance. I'm talking about, like, outside the games. Like, they all got to stay in quarantine, like, they're going to get shipped from the stadium to the hotel or campus or whatever they're on. That's crazy. Then back. And it's just like, like alone, the, like alone. You're saying, yeah. Yeah. They're like, all they have is each other. But I mean, these, these are people too. Like you have lives outside of baseball. I know baseball is probably the most taxing in terms of time spent during the season of any sport. Just because you have a game yeah. every day and, you know, you got to get... And you're getting to the stadium hours yeah. before. Yeah, people think that you have, oh, 7 o'clock game, like you're working nights. Like, no, these guys are at the stadium at like 1 o'clock noon for a 7 yeah. o'clock game. So, I, that's tough. You be away from your family for that long. I, I know guys have expressed, yeah. like, you know, clear concerns about that. But that's a real thing. This isn't just like, yeah, this isn't a reality show. Trap them in a fucking mansion and call it baseball's big brother <laughs> although would be a good opportunity to do something like that yeah so what about the automated uh the ump the automated ump oh god that, i can't wait for the, umpires yeah. umpires so, to meet their match they're gonna be so fucked after this yeah so i mean you know i had never been for it but i'm i'm all for it at this point like anything that you know like with the with the draft anything we need to do like let's do like you know so it's gonna be weird. I think the like the players in the in the stands is gonna be the weirdest part. I think that'll be the weird. No fans will be weird, but I mean we've watched you know we've watched Cleveland games before with no fans so, <laughs> or Tampa. You know, it, it's it's it's. I don't think I'll get over it. They they're gonna mic people up, the players up. That'll be cool. It'll be a nice twist. Um, eventually they may. Rev- I mean I ho- would hope at some point. I don't you know I don't think this these things will last the entire season until. November. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I would think they'd be lessened at some way, at some juncture. If we, you know, trend they, on a positive note, they were gonna do the uh, Field of Dream game, Field of Dreams field uh, this year with the Yankees and the White Sox. Anyways, why don't they? They just there's no coronavirus in Iowa. There's like 16 people. Just throw <laughs> yeah, just them, throw them on that farm. Build a huge, you know, dorm type place. You know, throw it together and. And we'll live there on the farm in Iowa. You know, shoeless Joe Jackson will throw batting practice. It'll be a grand old time. It'll be a grand old time. What do you guys but, think yeah, about baseball. if the season's not played that, like, Hinch's suspension will count this year if baseball's not played? Do you think that's right? Or do you think he should have to wait until a season of baseball is played? Or he should have to wait a fucking season of baseball. Yeah, he should have to wait as long as Pete Rose has to wait. <laughs> and for long. the record though i'm going on there's 100 percent going to be a baseball season or at least they're going to start it i don't know if they'll get the inside i mean who knows you know god forbid whatever you know if yes yeah. if there's a second waiver you know but i think there will 100 percent be a start of the season and we'll have games being played and i would think that it'll it'll be okay i mean we've had we've had some good news virus um related this week in regards to cases and such and you know all the projections seem to be way overshooting the deaths and you know not to go too into that but it, it, it they're coming way down projection wise so um it's, right. you know there's 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 bad news but there's good news out there too so i'm hopeful that you know we're definitely gonna have a baseball season i'm not very hopeful we'll have you know basketball but i still have a slither of hope I do. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm going to conversely go on the record and say that both the NHL and NBA season are, are gone, done and gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're probably right, but I, I, I'm still going to... still Remember when we were like, we, we how offended we were that the... Not offended, but we were like, 
they took the stands, they took the fans out of the stands for March Madness. It's not real like March Madness, and then like, and it then didn't we happen. don't have March Madness. Like, what a world where we, we, yeah, we were like fucking life comes at you March fast. Madness. We were so upset, like everyone. We were like, like "Where's the line? Where's the line in this whole thing?" <laughs> yeah, and then like before you know, like we are where we are now. Like, haven't seen family members in months, and like shit, and like it's just it's crazy where we have. But you know, we'll get we'll get there. Baseball, the draft will save the day. Baseball, and then will and something then- else save us in the meantime, Tommy. My boy Dana White is going to save us in the meantime. My man, basically, I don't know what he did. He somehow got his hands on a private island in an undisclosed location. <laughs> These fights the, are happening. It's the fucking secret Epstein Island. Yeah. Are no, they going to ever reveal the island? I don't think so. I mean, I don't like, think it's they, just going to happen in there. Do they, like, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, we did fighters? it in this place. So for everyone who doesn't know, Dana White... Um, UFC 249 was supposed to happen April 18th. Supposed to be Khabib, uh, Nurmagomedov versus this guy Tony Ferguson for the lightweight championship. Two guys 12 and 0 in their last 12 fights. Like they need to fight. Like they've been scheduled to fight four times previously. They've been canceled four times previously for different reasons. One time Khabib was hospitalized because he was for weight cutting. One time um, Tony Ferguson tripped over a wire doing a TV an obligation. For the UFC like fight promotion like a week before tore his ACL couldn't fight um there was a couple others another time Habib hurt his knee couldn't fight dropped out like the week before this is the fifth time this fight has been canceled but Dana White said hey this event's still gonna go on somehow found this private island he is now going to be personally flying all the fighters there to the island to get these fights going. They're going to have only essential personnel. There are obviously no fans. And they're going to host these fights. Starting April 18th, there's going to be fight cards every weekend. From there on out, and the UFC is back on their normal schedule. The cards are going to look a little different from what was originally scheduled because international fighters can't really get there. So only fighters that are really based in the U.S. at this point and still here are going to be able to. But he also said... He's not counting out international fighters and that he thinks he can find a way to get them to this island to fight as well. So, I mean, basically, like Sully was saying before the episode, Dana White for president at this point. He's so just, is, he's, is that implying that the island is on U.S. soil? It's a U.S. I island? I do not think that it is a U.S. island. I I don't know. Again, like I he's, he's been so like tongue in cheek about everything. Like, I don't really I don't really know what um what it's gonna be like I, I i'm interested to see what it is but i don't think it's we're, we're gonna find out where it is until after the fact because they don't want to risk people just showing up there you know yeah so it's like i mean the fighters don't even know where it is the fighters are going somewhere else and then being privately flown to this island that's pretty cool it's yeah, pretty I mean, awesome i mean can, like, like, imagine you're, like, like you're a fighter you like you like it's like you have like a golden ticket, like Willy Wonka shit. Like you've been invited <laughs> to this private island, literally, to fight like, this other badass, and and it's going to be televised, and you're going to be the only sport event. Like everyone will be watching. All we and need all is uh, Ja Rule and and Billy yes. McFarland to sponsor yes. it. <laughs> One of the guys keeps referring to it as Fight Fest and spells it F Y T E. Oh shit! <laughs> though we're gonna have to buy these though, right? No. So 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 two forty nine is. I'm pretty sure it's still going to be a pay-per-view. But everything after that is just going to be on ESPN. Cool. Because obviously ESPN is like dying for content right now. And they have the rights or whatever. So instead of ESPN Plus, it's going to be on ESPN. But this 249 will still be a pay-per-view. But, you know, there are some ways around it. I'm not going to name drop any websites. But there's a couple. (laughs) Someone... Some um, MMA podcast talked about um, this guy, Brennan Schaub. He's a comedian, but he used to be a fighter, and he has a few podcasts, and he talked about the MMA streams on Reddit, and now MMA streams on Reddit is no longer a viable source for streams or fights because of that. So, you know, I'm not going to be the one to ruin the news source for everyone, but I, I have terrible. found They did the same thing to NBA streams, too. Yeah, I have found a reliable source. That has worked for every card so far since MMA streams on Reddit has been down. 
So right, I looks can, like I'm not buying the fight. Save yep, I can bucks. definitely share that. We are selling that information for a small one-time fee of $99.99. Yep, if you say, yeah, I will get you every pay-per-view for the rest of the year for $99.99. Way better deal than e- ESPN+. Plus. I mean, it so, is. You buy buy one, get them free forever. That's a yep, pretty, so just, pretty good coupon to have. Just yeah, hit me up. There is some fine print, which we will discuss later, but you can... Uh, at me on Twitter, and we will get you that. Um, and we will also get you the fine print. But yeah, Dana White basically saving the sports world coming in. And I mean, the main event, it sucks that it's not going to be um, Habib and Ferguson because that was going to be like the Who best fight ever. Taken in which case, Habib stuff? Oh, no. I was, I'm on Ferguson, dude. Ferguson's a monster. He's a monster. He can fight off his back unlike anybody else. He has ridiculous elbows. Wait, so He's who's just, the main like, event now? It's uh, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje for an interim lightweight champion, and the winner of that will fight Khabib in September after Ramadan's over. Is he? Oh, so it's a religious thing. I thought he was like trapped it's, in Russia. Well, well he's trapped he in Russia. He can't leave Russia. He can't leave <laughs> Russia now. So what happened was they thought that they were going to do the fight in Abu Dhabi when they found out they weren't going to be able to do it in the U.S. They thought they were going to do it in Abu Dhabi. So Khabib flew to the United Arab Emirates. And he was training there. And then he found out that the UAE and Russia were both going to close their borders. And they figured that the event was going to get canceled. So he tucked tail and went back to Russia. In my opinion, he should have just stayed in the U.S. His training camp is here. I think he would have been better off staying in the U.S. And it sucks that he wouldn't be able to go back to Russia possibly. But, I mean, you're uh, a millionaire. It would have been all right. And I think yeah, he kind of – really suck? Like, yeah. yeah. He kind of ran from this fight, in my opinion. Lost a lot of respect for him in this. I think he knew uh, he. Oh, so that's a that's a thing that people that's a thing that people think. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in the belief that he could have stayed here and trained here. There's a lot of international fighters that stayed here. I understand, like you have your religious beliefs and you want to get back and make sure that you can be with your family or whatever. Important thing to you is Ramadan. You want to be there for that. That's totally fine. But like. This is the biggest fight in UFC history that you just fucked up because you went back to Russia. If you would have stayed in the States, they, you would still be fighting. You would still be fighting. That's crazy. And, I, I hadn't heard that people were thinking that way about him. Yeah. And now, um, I mean, this fight, though, Justin Gaethje was next in line for a title shot. Like, he was going to fight Conor McGregor in the summer, possibly. Yeah, when and is whoever- McGregor going to fight now? Well, now that's the thing. When McGregor can't get out of Ireland, really, and it's like, who when is he going to fight? But hopefully things are back to normal by July because he would possibly headline like their biggest card of the year in July. Who he, knows? He, um, but he's now, trying to who, figure out how to get proper 12 to cure coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, literally. He's literally trying to figure that out right now. But he uh, – yeah, no, this fight though – this main event at 249 is going to be awesome. This guy, Justin Gaethje, he's the number two contender in the division. He is a guy who is he's either going to sleep you or he's going to be slept. That is his motto. He's only lost two fights. He's been knocked out in both fights, just charging at people. Like, he is the definition of a brawler. Love the guy. One of my favorite fighters. And then Tony Ferguson is another guy who just loves violence. He throw, He's crazy, unorthodox. If you guys want a good example of what Tony Ferguson is, Go look at – go search Anthony Pettis versus Tony Ferguson, UFC 229. It was the craziest two rounds I've ever seen. It stopped after the second round because Anthony Pettis broke his hand. But it was the craziest, most like most ridiculous fight I've ever seen. These two guys just stood and traded. They were rolling all over the place. There was ground game. There was crazy striking. They're both so unorthodox. They both put on a great show. That is one of the best. The second round of that fight is one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. And the Tony Ferguson is just going to go out there and put on a show. Gaethje's going to go put on a show. And we're going to have some entertaining live sports. So even if you're not a fight fan, tune the fuck in because it is going to be awesome. It is going to be one of the best fights of the year, without a doubt. Well, I'm going to have to watch. I don't know. Yeah, many- you're going to have to watch. And the undercard, I mean, we got Greg Hardy fighting on the undercard. I don't know what your opinion is of that guy, but he's actually a pretty good fighter. Um, he had that whole inhaler incident that I don't really blame him for because the athletic commission told him he could use it. He didn't know. Not going to blame him for that. He did get DQ'd in a fight, 
for a stupid knee to the head when the guy, the other fighter had a knee down. Can't do that. It was like a second fight. Things happen, but he is a pretty good fighter. He knocks people out. He's entertaining to watch. We got a couple other, we got another heavyweight bout, a bunch of lightweight bouts, some welterweight, a middleweight, some big names on this card. It's going to be super entertaining. A great women's fight in the co-main event uh, rematch um, in the strawweight division. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be great to have some live fights again. I've been watching stuff in the archives on ESPN Plus for the past couple weeks, trying to trying to um, refresh my memory on some things a little bit. Been happy with that, but it's going to be good to have live sports back. That's all I know. Yeah, it'll definitely be something. I'll be, thanks, Dana White. Yeah, it's going to be weird man. with no fans. It's going to be weird with no fans for a fight of this magnitude, but it's going to be cool to just have something. Honestly, just like pumping crowd noise. I don't care at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you raise it up when something crazy happens. Oh! Yeah, it's and, just like the it's like the WWE. Like I don't give a shit that the table's fake. Just fucking put someone through it. I want to yep. see it. <laughs> yep. And I mean, they get their commentating crew, so you're gonna have like Joe Rogan there. Gonna have the normal crew. Um, that'll be good. They keep things entertaining. They they get excited, so that'll make up for not having think a Joe show. Rogan and Dana White kind of look similar. Yeah, I mean they're two fucking jacked bald guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're just like Dana White. Dana White. Dana White's way bigger than Joe Rogan. No, Joe, he definitely is. He definitely, Joe Rogan's like six Joe feet. Rogan Dana White's probably slimmer. like six four. Yeah, Joe Rogan weighs like one hundred ninety. Dana White's probably like two fifty. Like, <laughs> who do you think's better liked, Joe Rogan or or Dana White? Rogan. Oh, Rogan. Rogan's probably one of the top ten like most famous people on earth. Yeah, Rogan's got Rogan's following is insane. I'd put him against anybody. He his every podcast he gets gets thirty million downloads. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, he's not touching Bleacher Banter numbers. No, it's not. Of course, not of course, crazier. But I mean, he's popular. I mean, obviously, Sully Jones and I are fucking one, two, and three. Uh-huh. And, yeah. No By the way, Joe, if you're listening, which you probably are, you're welcome to come on anytime. Yes, absolutely. We would love to. We would love to chop it up after uh, two forty nine with you about what ensues. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of Bleacher Banter. As always, go check out all the socials. Check out bleacherfan.com with the store. Read the articles. But yeah, that store is great. A lot of team centric merch. Um, a lot of Bleacher Fan merch. Go ahead, check that out. Support us. We would love it. Um, rate, subscribe um, on iTunes. Leave a review if you can. Uh, and we will be back next week.